just really happy to be back. Are you happy to be back? Dude, let me tell you something. Since creating the last episode, I just couldn't stop thinking about the next time that I would have the opportunity to put my plaque back on. Dude, shut up. Dude, I won't. I, I was actually thinking the same exact thing. No way, dude. Yeah. Well, so I guess that's why we're here. Is that why we're here? That's why we're here. So let's not, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's just dive right in should we just dive right into it i think we have to so for all of our fans out there excuse me just to kind of give a just kind of give a uh, an overview of what's going to be happening today today is this is the last episode for our show oh don't say it i know I, i i I had to take a pause there because tears were coming, really? so I had to I had to fight them back. Yeah, that's I can, why I, that's why I paused for yeah, a second there. I could actually tell. I I just I don't think that anybody else could tell because no one else is in here. No, nobody else is in here, but I'm sure they felt it. Yeah, they, yeah. So, in well, just seeing that this is going to be our last episode, it's only fitting that we talk about our final days in. Honduras in the Dane clans. Yeah. So uh, that's what we'll be doing today. Hope you guys are amped. I'm going to throw it over to my boy Taylor. Who's going to start us off? Oh, thank you so much, Jake. Wow. This I couldn't I couldn't have asked for for a better time and place to be doing this. You know, the last few days were some exciting ones to say the least. Yeah. They sure were. I remember being in a pretty secluded area, a jungle, if you will, and uh, we didn't really have much, much news. Um, this was obviously, well, I guess it's not too obvious. This was in late March 2020, right? And uh, we, we had no clue that there was, in fact, a global crisis. There were little snippets of rumors floating around that there was something happening. Yeah, but we were just like, oh, something's happening in China? That's kind of far away from me. <laughs> so, I better just keep serving here. Yeah, why don't I just keep inviting people to church on Sunday? Little did I know, church had been canceled church, worldwide. Church it was canceled. Yeah. Who would have thought, right? That's... That's crazy. And at that moment, you just looked at your companion and said, well, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah, that's what I exactly what I kind of said to my companion. Uh, and what we did was we continued to invite people to church because we kind of thought it was a joke. <laughs> you know what? Not going to lie. I kind of thought the same thing. No way. Yeah, I thought, well, that can't be real. There has to be church on Sunday. Yeah. And I've... I've got to get people there. Yeah, I, 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 I can agree with you there. And to be honest, we were not even like sure what was happening. But luckily, there was a senior couple serving in our district. And wow, 
the sister who was serving there was pretty tight with the senior couple who was serving in the office. Mm. So they were good buddies. They were they were chatting it up mm. on the regular. Wow. So we actually we kind of got it some inside information. No way. Yeah. So we heard the church had been canceled worldwide, and we we're like, "What? Why is that happening?" And basically, after that, we heard that we were possibly going to be shut inside our houses for an extended period of time. And we were like, whoa, that can't be good. So we called everybody we knew and we're like, bro, bro, we better get to the supermarket. (laughs) It's time to clear the shelves out. We're going to be stuck in there. So we, we went straight there and the senior couple was way cool. They, they purchased all of our food. No way. Yeah, dude. dude. For like six missionaries. Dude, you were hooked up. You got the hookup. I'm, I'm telling you right now. And um, I'm not sure if it was at this point or it was another point. But we were like uh, thinking the only thing to do would be to go into the same house as all of the missionaries. So that we didn't go crazy being with only one person. Good idea. Yeah, so we moved our fridge... We moved wow. everything into this little tiny apartment, and there were just six dudes in there. Yeah. And uh, we kind of were just thinking, well, we guess we, we just wait for that call now, don't we? And it didn't actually come. They were telling us to uh, to keep keep on grinding, even though there was no church. And we were like, oh. Alrighty then. Let's do it. So we kept saying, I, I remember like specifically being in a few lessons being like, you know, sister, normally you would be able to learn more about this at church. But, uh, so actually this, 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 this time we're not going to have that this week. So don't come. <laughs> but usually we would have it. And, uh, they would be like, what? Uh, Okay. So it was kind of hard because you like you didn't know what to invite people to do, you know, because you couldn't have a baptism. Yeah. If people weren't having their church assistance yeah. or attendances. Attendances. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a complicated yeah, situation. I remember that situation because I remember I remember there were like little rumblings of of this worldwide pandemic. I remember going to his own conference and the mission president got up and he was talking about. You know, always making sure to wash your hands and stuff, and that we couldn't give handshakes anymore. And so I was like, "Huh, <clears throat> all right, well, I'm not really gonna pay much attention to that." I am I? And then there were like right after you leave the conference, you're like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" You like hey, shake hey, guys hey. hands. Yeah, we I, I like shake five dudes' hands leaving the conference. <laughs> give a couple hugs on my way out too. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and so. And we actually we were pretty close with this family and this in my ward who, um, they were pretty they were pretty involved in the church and they had the lowdown for us so we were getting little rumors too, and we were hearing about lockdowns everywhere and we were thinking huh, and it, it turns out that that day I think it was a Thursday, when they canceled church we were visiting with we were going on visits with um, this this guy that. He knew stuff, and he was like, Elders, did you hear that church is canceled? And I just kind of looked at him and said, 
so I actually didn't hear about that. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, we just, but we just got the orders to just keep going. And nobody really knew what we were supposed to be doing. We, I mean, if you're not inviting people to church, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we just, we just, we just kept going. Yeah. That was, that was when it was a bit like problematic for me. I was like, I was really confused because I was like, I'm out here like working Sweating. hard and like for what people can't like do anything. Like, sure. I can share a message with them. It's nice. But the members don't want to leave their houses. They want to come with us because, like, supposedly the news is telling them not to. But we are going. And I was kind of just thinking, like, hmm, this is a good thing to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. I remember, yeah, I remember thinking that exact thing. I was just like, what is the purpose exactly of us going out and doing this thing? Yeah. So they finally were like, I think. Well, what what happened first was Honduras actually put a curfew out, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I remember that. And you weren't allowed to be in the streets from, like, 5 p.m. to, like, 6 a.m. or something like that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's why the, the, the president was like, all right, no one leave your houses. So we sure didn't. And um, we, the members were telling us that, because, like, you would look outside and see just army trucks like paroling and you would see people with masks it was looking like the apocalypse out there it was crazy and uh the members were telling us not to leave because they were just straight up shooting people if they were like outside i remember hearing about that yeah they just straight up open fire on people yeah and uh i'm not gonna lie i heard more gunshots than usual around that time um, mm. Either that, or they would just take you straight to jail. Um, so we didn't really want to be involved in that. Yeah, you didn't want to be mingling in that. Yeah, so <clears throat> basically, we kind of just were forced to stay home at that point. And of course, we didn't have smartphones. We had little Nokia bricks with like a total of twenty minutes <laughs> monthly. Yeah. So. Funny thing about that is. I was actually thinking about this just the other day is um, yeah like you said our phones had a limited amount of minutes so it's not like you could be like really getting you know deep into the work with your phone yeah because you had limited amount of text you could send limited Mm -hmm. amount of talk minutes you could talk yeah so second day of quarantine we ran out of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we were done we were done for. Yeah. There was there was no more talk or text to be had with anybody except other missionaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so that happened to me the first day. Wow. First day, it was gone. Cuz like we were trying to I knew that would happen. I was just trying to like work out a plan and there was this one dude who was so awesome in that ward. Uh he would always go out with us and like visit people all the time and we called him and I literally like over the phone I told him where each of our people lived and he was like elders don't worry I'm gonna go visit them oh my god and I was like that's so awesome yeah shout out to Johnny if you're listening Johnny thank you that was Johnny um anyways I remember just having that phone call and like 
uh, he actually, oh, and he actually came over to our house and he gave us haircuts. Oh, dude, no way. Yeah, and uh, he was like, Elders, what do you need? Like, I'll do anything. And so I pulled out the old archives because along with not having smartphones, we had actual paper area books. Mm. And because there are no addresses in Honduras, you had to draw a map on the back yep. to get and to your house. detailed written instructions yeah. of how to get to the house. So I literally drew a map of our area for this dude and like color coded it with all of our scripture highlighters. It's like, please visit these people. Like, cause I was ticked. We had, we had some good ones. Yeah. We had some really good ones. And he was like, all right, don't worry. I'm going to visit him. And he did. He was visiting him last I checked. So that was so, that's so awesome. The grind yeah. did not stop. We had, we had to do the same thing. I remember like just kind of sitting there and thinking, wow, like, Who's going to, like, teach these people? Yeah. And I just remember, like, sitting down with that big book of paper and just writing hour after hour, just trying to get good details of where the folks were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was even worse because uh, when they actually eventually told us that we were leaving, uh, first of all, we only heard the announcement that we had to be leaving, and we ho- we also heard that other missionaries in the world were being sent home, but we had no idea how we would be getting home because they shut down the borders in between the territories in our country. Yeah, not only was it the borders of the country between other countries, but it was the border in between, like towns and stuff. Yeah, like it was nuts. They were not letting people go anywhere. Yeah, it was crazy. So we're like, okay. So we're supposed to be going home, but how the heck are we supposed to do that? Yeah, there's no way to even get to the airport. So it just that, having that in mind, I was like, wow, I'm like, I need to work so hard to have this area book, like, readable, because there's going to be nobody to explain in words what I have done here. Yeah. And I'm no Picasso, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out here trying to draw a map. Like, I'm not I'm not a cartographer by any means. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm out here with like a ruler like, mm, this looks like a road. <laughs> this is a tree. Let me just write tree so they know. Oh yeah, this doesn't look anything like a tree, but let me just let me just tell them it's a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I would always make sure to 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 really explain well in words. I'm better with words than I am with drawing, so yeah. I would always give it a more detailed description of where that house might be. Yeah, plus Honestly, in all of my areas, we knew the streets based on which stray dog was there. <laughs> yeah. So we knew which ones to avoid, because if they were too big or too mean, we would not go there. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, this, <laughs> this is this is Pablo's street, <laughs> or like Nacho, the dog, we're not Nacho. going over there, man. Avocado? No, I can't go see Avocado yeah. today. I don't have a rock big enough for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that that was actually pretty scary when you're walking down the street and this dog starts coming after you, but you don't, I mean, but the road doesn't have any rocks. Because yeah. sometimes, because in, in Honduras, it depended on the road you were on. Sometimes the road, it was just like pure rocks. Yeah. And then other roads, it was just like pure dust. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, so it was kind of scary when you started walking on those roads that mm-hmm. was just pure dust because you knew there was, there was no protection from oh, yeah. the dog. So you just have to... You just have to hope that the dog is dumb enough 
to see you reaching for an invisible rock. Yeah, they run from those. They do run from the. I yeah. did it many times. I uh actually, some there was one jungly place I was in. I think this was my second to last, or some I don't know some place I was in. They didn't have any rocks, so I would just whenever I would find a rock, I would keep it. <laughs> yeah. I would carry it everywhere. So I could throw it at the dogs. Book of Mormon in one hand, rock the, in the other yeah, hand. Yeah, or like just in my backpack or oh, back yeah. pocket or something. And yeah. like, I don't want to make it seem like we're like hurting animals or something. These dogs were going to like bite our hands yeah, off they were, or something. Yeah, they, these dogs were vicious. Like yeah. they would they would take a large chunk of your flesh if yeah. given the opportunity. No remorse. This is not your, uh, <laughs> your average puppy mill sweetheart we're talking about. This is a... This is the street thugs of the dog kingdom. Yeah, these are like dingoes. What is dingo? It's like a wild dog in Australia. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, go look up a dingo. <laughs> just look up a dingo. Dude, if you look up a dingo, you you would find that that is very comparable to what we were seeing in the streets really? of Honduras. Yeah. Wow. Well, the more you know, everybody look up a dingo right now. Everybody go now. We'll take we'll pause just for a second <laughs> so you can look that up really quick. And we're back. Okay, we're back now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, anyway, I don't even know how we started talking about the dogs, but... <laughs> You're talking because we were saying that, like, you knew the streets. Oh, by the dogs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we're obviously worried, and, and the, the thing that just, like, broke my heart the most about that was, uh, there was this kid who had one transfer in the mission, Oh. and they said he's about to go home, and this kid, like, he heard that news... And he, like, looked down at the ground, and he was like, I didn't even have one month in the field. Oh. Yeah. I'm sad. (laughs) I'm so sad. And and that literally just, like, broke my heart. Because, like, at that point, we had, like, 19 months, whatever. And I was sad, very sad that we were going to be missing out. But, like, this kid was going to have to go back and serve in his own country, like, sitting inside. So I was like, wow. That is sad. That sucks. Well, and it, it was just kind of a crazy thing that was happening. Because it was like, there was so much, like, uncertainty. Like, we were sitting in our houses in quarantine, and we were just sitting there without really knowing what was going to happen. At, like, at the beginning of the quarantine, I personally was thinking, like, all right, we'll probably be in the house for, like, two weeks, and then, like, it'll be back to normal. Like, mm-hmm. just out. But as the days kind of went on, we started hearing more and more about missionaries being pulled out. We started hearing that cases, you know, that COVID was starting to spread through the country. Mm-hmm. Borders were closing, and it just got more and more serious, and everybody was kind of going, what's going to happen to us? <laughs> that doesn't sound too <laughs> that good. That doesn't sound good. So, And we kept hearing all these stories of missionaries in other countries being pulled out. And we were just wondering, is that going to be us? <laughs> That could be us. Yeah, and so we just sat there and waited, and we 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 tried to stay in contact with the, this cool family in our ward that was giving us the lowdown, and mm-hmm. and they would always be checking churchofjesuschrist.org for the updates for us. Nice. <laughs> and so, but eventually this, this one night came around. Well, first of all, when we were first put into quarantine, they sent... Us a, a list of groceries. Right, like we had to go to the that. store yeah. and get all this stuff because we were going to be in quarantine for a while. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just like beans and rice and like spaghetti noodles yeah. and spaghetti sauce. And you're like, well, I sure hope they have something to cook this stuff in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and then and we got like back to our apartment and we were like, mm, this is what we'll be eating, I guess. <laughs> but luckily, we had some awesome like the landlord of like our apartment because our apartment was like. It's like this little apartment behind a house, and the people that lived in the house weren't members, but they were super cool, and we were, mm-hmm. we were really tight with them. And they would always be making us food, because they knew we were just, like, back there, and they are like, hey, and they came to us, and they are like, hey, brothers, like, um, like, if you give us this food, we'll, like, make a meal, and we can, like, all eat it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, here you go, thank you. <laughs> and so we just, like, <laughs> handed them all our food. Oh, they were yeah. just like kicking up our food for us. No so it was so awesome, dude. dude. So and and when we weren't like making food with them, me and my companion would just like look at the food and go, "I wonder what we should make now." <laughs> and there was this one night where, for some odd reason, we were both like craving some beans. So we we're like, "All right, yeah, we'll make some of these beans. Like that sounds pretty good." And then we we're like, "Well, we can't just eat beans." So we went back to the pile. The pile. The pile. I'm just envisioning dude, this pile of, this is of a pile. bags. Dude, just the green, the green bags from the La Colonia, which was a, a supermarket oh, there. Oh no! And we went over to the pile, and and we we looked at a singular item, and we just looked at each other, and we went, "That has to be it." And oh. we picked up the box of mac and cheese. Oh yes. So dude. we were we were fixing up this fine meal of macaroni and cheese and beans oh that is cuisine <laughs> so we just we're, we're we're just going at this and so we get it ready and we we get it on our place and we sit down at our our study table <laughs> our yes. our folding table and we just start chowing down on this oh. this macaroni and beans and we're about halfway through our place and we look at each other and we say to each other this was a horrible idea. Because <laughs> it just felt like a brick. It yeah. just I just settled in my stomach. And yeah, that's typically not what you want to eat. No, dude. Oh, and it was just, it was bad. It felt like I eat, swallowed an entire brick and it was just sitting in my stomach. Oh, my God. And we did not finish. We threw it away because it was so bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, uh, that reminds me of a story... Uh, during that same time of uncertainty when we're like, well, are we staying? Are we going? What's going on here? And, uh, I was in my house with my companion and this was before we went in with all of the missionaries. It was just me and this dude. (laughs) And, uh, I was literally like losing my mind. Like (laughs) I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had to like, I had to be released from that existence. <laughs> and I got a phone call from you guys. You two called me. But for some dumb reason, our house was located like directly in a dead spot. I couldn't call anyone or hear anything on the phone from my house. So. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys called me and I could hear everything you were saying. But you couldn't but hear But we anything. couldn't hear you. <laughs> and you were just like. Elder, we need to talk. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a good time at all. We need to we need to discuss our feelings and uh, <laughs> and I was just like, please, like hear me. I was like praying, like please help me so that I can talk to these people. And I just remember you guys were like, okay, we're gonna tell you a story 
should we tell you a story or like can you even hear us and I just started like shouting like do it do it do it do it please. and all we were hearing was <laughs> and so we were just like alright well we got this song <laughs> the song and you performed that beautiful song for me and I heard it and it was great yeah so we so me and my companion we didn't have the luxury of like getting the boys together and just like hanging out in a singular house so it was just the two of us so we had to get creative to kind of to kind of uh, figure out what we should do with our time. Right. Because there was no cell phone <laughs> to kind of do anything. Yeah. And there's only you can only spend so much time drawing maps and writing down instructions. It's true. So we came up with this little thing called the crustivities. Oh my god. Because we knew we were going to be in the house crusting is what we referred to it as so we created the activities of us just sitting in the house and so we we did various activities and we made videos and stuff and so one day my companion thought it would be cool to write a song (laughs) as we had done in the past yes not this was nothing new for him (laughs) and so so we just he just sits down and then he just starts scribbling away, and <laughs> and, and for some, when we for some reason we had a keyboard, like a, an electronic piano keyboard. Yeah. And so, I swear for like three hours, he was just like pounding the same three notes over and over again until he could like come up with some some sort of melody for this song. Wow. And then finally he and then finally after just I I had finally had to just like go outside and sit in the hammock. <laughs> you guys had a hammock? We had a hammock, dude. Oh, what are you complaining about? Dude, I don't even know, dude. So I was just wow. out there sitting. I think I think I think before we go any further, I think we have to give a shout out to the Schnib boys. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> There's your shout out. The uh, the, uh, the Schnib boys is a it's a musical group that we created on the mission, and um, we actually we actually made four songs while <laughs> out there, and you can find those on SoundCloud if you feel so inclined. Not if you feel so inclined. I would say do it. Do it. It's not even like an option for you if you're listening to this right now. Pick up your phone, open SoundCloud, and search the Schnib Boys. The Schnib Boys. T H E. Space. No, there's no space. No spaces. <laughs> All right. T H E. Yeah. S A S C H N I B. Is there space here? No space. No space. B O Y Z Z. And all the first letters of those are capitalized. So, go look that up. You'll be doing yourself a favor. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've got four songs. Like I said, we have. We have The Contact, we have Teach People Not Lessons, and of course Dear John, a personal favorite of mine, based on a true story, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't even doubt that. <laughs> and uh, of course we have El Alejandra Express, which is just about Honduras. My personal Honduras. favorite. That's your favorite? That's my favorite. It's, it's really just a song about Honduras and how amazing it is. It really makes you feel like you're there. If you ever wonder what it's like to go to Honduras, and but you you know you you never quite make it there in person, 
This is a close second. Really, really close second. Yeah. Might as well you might as well be there, honestly. Yeah, honestly. Whenever I listen to that song and close my eyes, it's instantly I'm instantly in a bus in Honduras. <laughs> yeah. And by bus, as you recall, he just means small van. Yep, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, so anyways, the Schnib boys, check it out. Yeah, so anyway, getting back to our story, we called Taylor, and we're like, dude, we have this song for you. We gotta share it. And all we can hear, (laughs) (laughs) and we're like, well, we're not really sure if you can hear us, but we're gonna go ahead and play you this song in hopes that you can hear us. I'm so happy you did that. I I literally said a prayer. That you could please just talk, and I would just listen, and it would be okay. I literally prayed. I was like, please, please just let them understand me for one second. Oh, my gosh. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. We performed the entire song. Yeah. What was that song called? I'm Gonna Go Back Home. I'm Gonna Go Back Home. Because at this point, we had found out that we were leaving. No, we actually didn't. Really? Yeah, it... We actually didn't know that we were going to be going home at this point. Okay. It, but my companion, but we knew that missionaries from the other missions that had pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. were being sent home. And my right. companion had what he called running asthma, like he would get asthma, like when he would run or like ex- exert himself. He was like, what? "Dude, that's a pre-existing condition. I'm going. I they're gonna send me home, bro." Yeah. Oh my god. And he's just like freaking out running asthma about how he was gonna get sent home and it was just I was just like dude chill like you're not going home what are you talking about because in my mind there was no way if they were gonna send us home at this point because I was like that's that just can't happen yeah and so he's like he he wrote the song about how he thought he was gonna go home wow and he was right he predicted the future he did predict the future and the funny thing is is that when he wrote that song I thought he was like nuts I was like dude what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah I actually so crazy thing that happened was um, my parents called our mission president and oh, they they requested that he give them my phone number wow yeah did I tell you that yeah I, yeah so I, I think your mom told me actually oh really yeah yeah so uh, they were really freaking out just because, like, I mean, obviously we had no idea, but I guess things were getting really bad, especially in Italy and um, China. So they wanted to they wanted to know what was going down. So they uh, they called me from time to time, and I actually found out through them that some people from like the Philippines and other missions that were in really poor areas were getting sent home. And I was like, wow, that sucks. Like that yeah. that's probably gonna be me, and it was. Uh, they they gave us the news. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we called it the Doomsday Text. Dude, I, you know I remember that about? text. <laughs> Dude, I was actually building up to that story when I was talking about food because yeah. when the Doomsday Text came, yeah. I had a cup of noodles in my hand. No so way. you explain what the Doomsday Text well, is, and then I'll, I'll explain what happened with my cup of noodles. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I'm not referring to one specific text in general. But I'm just like, I was thinking about how every day we would wake up and around around 9 o'clock in the morning, we would get a text from the president with an update on the situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like a movie, bro. It's yeah, like, this is dude, crazy. It was. It's like the like, next day. You can't make this stuff up, dude. Yeah, it was so nuts. And it would be like, elders, this week, we have found out that missionaries with pre-existing conditions 
are at risk and must be sent home. If you have a pre-existing condition, please contact me immediately. And it was like, uh, and then he would send like a scripture, like to to cheer us up. Cheer us up a little bit. Yeah, and like oh, I feel good now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 keep let's keep playing Pokemon now. <laughs> okay, that was only you, but <laughs> no. But I I actually I thought it was really nice. It, I just thought it was so crazy the dynamic of receiving a daily update on the world crisis and being unable to understand or know anything else about it. We couldn't check the news. We couldn't do anything. We were just in our houses. So literally the only thing we could do was wait for that text every morning. And if it wasn't very informative or if it was very informative, we just had to ponder that for a full 24 hours. And we couldn't call anybody because we had no minutes left. So we were just in our houses like, hmm, wonder what's going on out there in in the crisis world. Dude, I forgot about those daily texts. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about just one the the specific text. Yeah, why don't you the just one. tell us about that? So after these series of like doomsday texts, um, yeah. we knew that it was it, it just every day just kind of built and it was built. Like declining the yeah. situation. Yeah, like more and more people in Honduras were getting it and stuff, and so yeah, that's and so, true. He would like he would have. I don't think I'm making this up. He had like. A number of like the cases. No, he like, did. Number of cases in Honduras. Yeah, he and it did. Was, like, every day it was like way more, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was like zombies. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, like yeah, I thought it was like crazy because like the from day one to day two it like doubled, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? And then like day three it, like quadrupled. Yeah, and I was like, holy crap, what's going on? <laughs> oh my gosh. And so. But so we knew some we knew like something was gonna happen at this point. Like yeah. with all these texts we were getting, we were like, Oh dude, it's it's coming. It's game over. And then one night, like I said, I was making a cup of noodles. You know, I, I was I did not want another plate of macaroni and beans, so <laughs> I went nice. with I went with the safe option and got grabbed a cup of noodles. Yeah. So we got a text message and it's just like sitting there on the table and like and my companion like starts reading he's like dude you better come over here and look at this <laughs> and so I read the text and it was like and it said elders it I regret to tell you and at that point you're like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah he was like I, I regret to tell you that everybody will be going home everybody will be returning to their own country and he didn't really say like that our missions were going to be over he just said that we were going back home to be reassigned to our own country but at this time we'd had 19 months and so we all kind of knew that it was it was game over for us that that was the end so i just had my cup of noodles in my hand and let me tell you i just kind of launched that bad boy against the wall no way yeah I hadn't, I hadn't, like, made it yet, so it was just, it was just in the cup, it hard, like, solid cup of noodles. Oh, okay. Like, it, so it didn't, like, splatter everywhere. Yeah. But I, I just had my cup of noodles, and I just threw it against the brick wow. wall. Because I was, I was mad, and feeling a lot of emotions in that time, and so I just, I just threw, I just launched it. That was the only thing that I could do at that point. Wow, that's, that's actually, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, dude. I, uh... I, I forgot that it was at night time because uh, <laughs> this one guy, he had some type of issues. <laughs> and oh, wow. He, <laughs> he, uh, he read the... So somebody was reading the text 
and he was just listening. And this man, he always like had these mattresses <laughs> standing up against the wall. And he goes up and he starts having a oh boxing God. match oh my with God, the dude. mattress. He just I know goes, exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> this kid, he's going at it, man. He's like Rocky Balboa in the meat factory. He's just like, his hands are like bruised. And he like starts freaking out. And we're like, should we like call it like the ambulance? Like, because he was like, he was going crazy. We didn't know what to do. So... Yeah, he was just, he was showing those mattresses who was boss. <laughs> we were just like, hmm. Frick. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> I don't really know what to do about that. And, uh, of course, it was, like, really sad. I mean, we all were shocked. Because, like, you're expecting to do it, right? You're expecting to, to finish. And then all of a sudden, through a text message, you're told that you're done. You're going home early. Yeah, so it's kind of like, hmm. Well, that can't be right. Mm. Your body's kind of like, that's not what I like to hear at all. I feel poor inside. Yeah. So, I'm not, like, faulting him at all. I was just, I was surprised. That was the only way he could do it, really. Yeah, that's all you could do to, to deal with it. But, yeah, we had a had a group crying session. And uh, we had to have the last supper, of course. The last supper. Although it's like it should be made clear at this point, we still had no idea how exactly we were gonna go home. Yeah, they had well, and that was even down. yeah. He even said that in the text. He's like, "We're not really sure when or how you are going to be leaving the country, but mm-hmm. just know that you, when the means become available, you will mm-hmm. be leaving." Yeah. So we were like, "Well, that's really good news for us because we were in the farthest area <laughs> away from everything in the jungle. Yeah, we had no way of doing anything. So we were like, hmm, guess we better get comfortable, boys, because <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be here a second. Yeah, we literally uh, for a few days at least we thought we would be spending like several months just trapped there. Oh my gosh, because like they kept extending the." The curfew. At first, it was like a week. Then it was the entire month. Mm-hmm. Then it was like through the rest of the year. It was like they were doing all this crazy stuff, and we were just like, hmm, well, that's not good for us. That can't be good. <laughs> yeah, so we're like, well, I guess I better start liking Honduras more because I'm about to be a resident. <laughs> yeah, you're about to get your residency. Yeah, so we were, we were just, we were confused as to how we were going to escape that situation. And we weren't very hopeful that we would. So... We kind of just were like, all right, let's let's just have the last supper. <laughs> so there was actually in, uh, so they the place we were staying in was like this uh, apartment type thing. Not an apartment that you may be familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> no apartment but, you've ever seen before, surely. <laughs> but it was like, it was basically like a house and it was stacked on top of another house. And so in the house below, there was this member... And we went down there, we told them the news, and they're like, well, elders, let's make some baleadas. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. So we got the flour, we started mixing the, the, the masa, oh. we were making the tortillas, and we were all just crying. It was, And we were, like, swapping our favorite stories with these members, and they were so awesome. Like, oh, man, like... This is, like, so good of you guys. Because, like, we had all this food, right? We're not going to eat it. Because, like, we're thinking we're peacing. 
Supposedly. Supposedly. So we're like, here, let's just make a big feast with all this food. Yeah. And like, because at this point, they had like even closed the stores and stuff. Yeah. So people weren't even getting food. And we luckily, we got in there beforehand. So we just like, yeah, let's just make all this food. And we made the baleadas. And those tasted so good, let me tell you. Mm. Those, were, those were the last ones I had in that country. I'm like... I'm actually like currently trying not to weep thinking about yeah, it because of wow, dude. Yeah, these are just it's like the emotions are just like it's reaching the boiling point. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Just thinking about that just brings tears because I had, I had, a, a, a similar experience. Really? Yeah, like uh, it was. We were into the into the quarantine and like we weren't supposed to be leaving like at all but mm-hmm. there's this really awesome member who always made food for us and she's just really awesome and she and we we told her the news and she was like heartbroken yeah. she was so sad like that we that we were going to be leaving and that's how all the members were really he's like mm-hmm. everybody was just so sad yeah. that we were leaving and so she's like elders you have to come over for like for like one last dinner and we're like, well, we should really shouldn't leave, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were, we just we just risked risked it for the biscuit, you know. Risked it for the tortilla, dude. Yeah, dude. So we we went over to her house and she had made some baleadas for us, and we were just sitting there thinking, this is probably gonna be the last time. Mm-hmm. And so just sitting there, and when I went to this this lady's house, like we went there so often to eat because she was always feeding us and so I would always use a special cup I always had a cup yeah my cup that I would use when I went there it was always my pink cup because I love you know I, I, everything I had was pink I had like a pink backpack and everything yeah, yeah so I had to use the pink cup and that was just like my cup when I was there and so she was just like elder that's your cup why didn't you just take that with you oh and that uh, dude like that was that was pretty cool, dude. <laughs> dude, that's so awesome. And I was telling her, like, how sad it was that I hadn't, like, gotten, like, souvenirs and stuff. Like, how I was, like, leaving that to, like, the end of my mission. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, well, there's your cup. And, like, that's, that'll be a souvenir for you. <laughs> and then she just, like, like goes and, like, pulls off, like, this, like, keychain holder. Like, this Honduran keychain holder off her wall. And she's just like, here, you can have this. This is a souvenir for you. Wow. And, oh, my gosh, dude, it was... It was so awesome. That is awesome. The people there are so cool. Dude. Yeah. They're like, they literally like treat you like family. It's so awesome. Well, and, and they like, they just like give you as much as they can. Yeah. Like, true. they just do everything they can for you to make you like comfortable and, oh, it was, it was so awesome. Yeah. They, they, it's like they don't even really like care about themselves really. They're like, oh, I'll go out of my way to make you feel good, you know? Oh, the missionaries are here. Hurry, take this money, go buy Coke. Go get, <laughs> go get anything you can. Yeah. Meanwhile, that's like the only money they have. It's so, it's like crazy how much they do for the missionaries. Because like, if you think about it, it's like people who, they, it's like the missionaries are like a symbol. Of, of people who have touched their lives in a very special way mm-hmm. and and they like that's something I really like about the Latino culture is like they don't they don't take that lightly you know mm-hmm. if something happened that influenced them it's like it's a big deal yeah that means something to me and I'm gonna remember that mm-hmm. and I'm gonna honor it 
Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people, their lives, like, their individual lives had been touched by a certain missionary because, you know, they'd been converted mm-hmm. by a missionary. So, you know, they created an attachment with that missionary because, you know, they, they, you know, that's that's who introduced the gospel into their lives. Yeah. And then, so then for the rest of their life, they just have this incredible, like, bond with the missionaries. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, I, I promise we're going to get back to talking about, like, puke and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just, we're going to get back into the weeds pretty soon. <laughs> I just wanted to, like, I just wanted to, like, go out and say, like, how important that part of the the experience was, at least. Because that was the most important part yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, just the connections that you make with people and that people make with you. And, like, honestly, you don't even have to do anything. People can just, like, see you. And be like, wow, that guy is like God. Yeah. Right. Because they like see the missionaries and like, wow, that's like, it's like an apostle. You yeah. Know? And and you're like, well, not really, but <laughs> we're representing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it just like developed this love for the people that you didn't know you were like capable of. Mm-hmm. You, like this love was produced inside of you that you didn't know was possible. Yeah. That's what made it so hard. That's why this, like, whole experience was so hard because you, like, over 19 months, you developed this love you didn't know was possible, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, yeah, you've, like, made these awesome connections, and you've, you know, you've you've come to love these people so much, but that has to end now. Yeah. And that was the most heartbreaking thing was just, like, thinking about leaving the thing that you came to do right I mean that sounds like really obvious and like a stupid thing to say (laughs) but like you came to like meet people and talk to them and like make them feel loved and you do that and you start to get good at it right Mm -hmm. and then in in the height like it's like somebody it's like if somebody were to to be told they have to retire, like, in their prime, like, when they're 40 or something. Yeah. When they're starting to bring in the big bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you're like, well, what the heck? I'm like, this yeah. is my time to reap the rewards, you know? Yeah. You've done all this prep work to reach the climax of your service. Your, your language is, like, almost perfect at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you've perfected the language. You've perfected teaching the lessons yeah you've perfected talking to the people and working with your companion and Mm -hmm. doing all the missionary things and you're just ready to lay it all on the line yeah finish your last six months get ready so that you can go home and say i did everything i could you know and you're just ready to give it all yeah and then you're told all right game's over yeah I think that was easily, like, the hardest part for me, because, like, I, I, this is, like, this is so weird. I always had this dream as a missionary where I, I was home, and I, like, I was dreaming that I was home, and I'm, like, hugging my mom in the airport, and she's, like, so happy to see me. He's, like, how was it? And I try and think back, and, like, I can't. I can't think of it. I can't remember it, because, like, it didn't happen. And so that was like my biggest motivator is I want to get home 
and tell my mom all about all the stuff that I did, right? Yeah. And and I'm like I'm like thinking about uh, in this dream, right? I'm thinking like, wow, like I didn't like my mom's like, how's your second area? Like, how is your third companion? I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know. I I can't think of it. It didn't happen. And so I was thinking about how when I came home, it was like eerily similar to those dreams Dude. of how I was like, man, I don't know. Like, what would have my last area been like? That's, like, you know? Oh, dude, that's crazy that you say that because on a regular basis, I had a very, very similar dream. Dude, no, you didn't. I did, dude. No, dude I stop. did. It, it was this dream where I would be home and uh-huh. I'd be like talking to my family. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I like, I like knew that I was done. I knew that I had, I had completed my service. Uh huh. But when I thought back to what I did, it was like, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Like there was, because obviously in that point I didn't have memories of you know what I had done in the mission because it mm-hmm. hadn't happened at that point. Yeah. And so in these dreams, I I kept dreaming that like yeah I was done, but I didn't feel done. Like I yeah. Didn't, and so I just kept the I had those dreams like weekly. Yeah. Same. It's like it's so weird because like I feel like in a way that dream was somehow like preparing me for reality. Yeah. Because I like I think about how I still sometimes feel like that. Like I think about how I'm still there, or I'll have a dream where I'm there, and I'm like, wait, I didn't. I'm done. Like I didn't. I'm I'm not here anymore. But I should I should have been there, right? Yeah. And and it just like it messes with you a little bit because you're like you're thinking about how you were told that you're called for two years, right? For twenty four months, you're supposed to be out there teaching, and then you're like, wait, just kidding. It's actually different. And like, I get how like unforeseen circumstances, people aren't perfect, obviously. Like, people who say things, even if they're prophets, can like make mistakes. Obviously the prophets can't know when they're signing a mission call that there's gonna be a global crisis. Well, and they can't say in the mission call. So you're actually only gonna serve for 19 months. Because <laughs> there's gonna be a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna to wanna to come on back so you don't <laughs> you don't die out there. Yeah. But I mean it's just crazy how that simple fact of of that like cultural aspect in the church of people being gone for twenty four years and then you come home because of a global crisis and you're like wow I can't relate to these people yeah like I feel different I I am different than you I'm less than you because I didn't do something that you did even though it wasn't my fault yeah and I feel like if people in a way maybe not knowingly they judge because of that yeah they're like oh you served less yeah oh you you were a COVID missionary yeah uh, yeah dude <laughs> yeah. well and and another thing is like is like this it was like a super like hard traumatic experience for these missionaries that were coming home early mm-hmm. and nobody could relate to you nobody knew what it was like to like come home early but honorably you know yeah. like like you were coming home early mm-hmm. not because you'd done something wrong or not because something you know because of something that happened with you but because of a global crisis yeah nobody could relate to that nobody could say Oh, I know exactly what you're feeling. Nobody yeah. nobody knew what we were feeling or what we were going through. Yeah, it's true. And I think about how I, I remember coming home and holding this piece of art that they gave us that it said the months we had served. And mine said August 20, there's, what is it, 2018? 
to mm-hmm. May 2020. And I just, I would always look at that and be like, I would never want to display this. Like, it's super cool. It's a nice thing they made for me. Yeah. But this, for me, is a symbol of how I somehow failed or how I yeah. somehow lacked. And so the challenge at that point was to, like, get over that feeling of failure. Mm-hmm. To understand, like, that's what needed to happen. Like, that was the plan for you. Yeah, it's true. And it was, like, actually, um, we kind of, like, skipped the whole leaving part. But, like, in, <laughs> <laughs> in that moment of coming home versus the, the, the time that we had in quarantine with our families I think was was like critical because it was like a moment or more than a moment it was really a flipping long time <laughs> several months yeah. uh, of just like being able to heal and contemplate uh, about what had happened and mm-hmm. it was like and also to like adjust yeah to adjust true. to a new lifestyle true because most missionaries when they come home they have like their last six weeks to kind of prepare yeah to go home Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do when you get home? How are you going to do it? They even have a program for it. Yeah, they call it, like, the last six weeks or, or something. my plan, I think. Yeah, my, yeah, exactly. But we never had the opportunity to do that. No. So we were just kind of like... So one week we were missionaries, and one week we were... Or, you know, two weeks before we were, like, actively serving missions. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, we're in our home, not as missionaries. Yeah. So... It was definitely difficult, um, but I feel like the fact that it was so hard made it that much more impactful for me, mm-hmm. at least, because I was really able to see the value in what I was doing um, because it was taken from me, mm-hmm. in a way. Well, and it really made it evident how much you cared about the people. Yeah, that's true. How much you loved them, because you don't realize how much you love something until it's gone yeah because like because when when somebody normally goes home they're like like you said they're preparing for it they're expecting to and then obviously it sucks when they do it because you have to leave but when you're just like ripped out of the story like that it's kind of like wow like this is this is shocking to me yeah and so it like it I'm, I'm not trying to say that that it made it like more meaningful than like a regular mission because like I, I don't even know what that's like but like <laughs> personally it made it super meaningful for me just because I was able to see how much I truly valued it um, at what I would call like the height of my service right because mm-hmm. I was like just having I was just like life sucked but I loved it right yeah. and I wouldn't trade it for anything and and I was enjoying myself and when it got taken suddenly I was just like wow I really would have liked for that to not happen <laughs> so, yeah but in a way it was good because it made me like appreciate it more and I eventually became okay with it yeah well and another crazy thing that I noticed is like me not knowing what was happening as I looked back like the two months before leaving I could see, like, that I was being prepared to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see, like, certain things were happening in my mission that were, like, kind of... I, I think a, mi- a mission is really crucial in the development of the missionary. Yeah. Wait, what? Can you say that again? I would say that missions are very important for the missionary 
in character development. Yeah. Like, the development of the missionary is one of the most crucial parts of a mission. Gotcha, yeah. And I could see that in the last two months, like, certain things had kind of been, like, sped up, and certain things were happening to, like, kind of, like, put a bow on things to Mm -hmm. say, you know, in my character development. Yeah. Like, and then coming home, looking back at that, I saw that. And then also, like... So many things happened in those months that I came home early that couldn't have happened mm-hmm. if I'd come home my normal time yeah. to put me like on the path where I am today, heading in the right direction. Yeah, that's true. That's all true. Cause uh, the same thing with me. I mean, like all this stuff happened as soon as I got home, and like kept happening for me, and like exactly like you're saying, it helped me through experience and stuff that I just it wouldn't have happened as a missionary. I needed it. Right. I just didn't know it at the time. At the time, I was thinking, I'm in my high school bedroom. <laughs> I should be in a jungle or in a college, but I can't because of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was important, to say the least. It, yeah. it had to happen. I know it had to happen. And uh, you know what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking we go part two on this. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't <laughs> think this is going to be the last episode. We're going to have to do... Like kind of like a bonus episode or something. <laughs> yeah. Next time we're going to have to talk about The Great Escape. The Great Escape. That'll be the title. Yeah. Of the next one. Oh, it will be? Yeah, yeah. It has to be. <laughs> I don't think we have a choice, even though that's already a movie. I don't think we can get sued, though. Cause no. Actually, I learned in class the other day, somebody was saying, yeah, you will never get sued until you are a professional, because before then, you have no money. So there's no point to sue you. Dude, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. We have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just load it up, baby. <laughs> no problem. Taylor, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming here and doing this with us. Hey, Jake. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like the guest. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're, dude, you're guest here. Dude, whoever, thanks, ta- whoever takes the, like, the starting position, they're like the host and the other one's like the guest. <laughs> we just like switch between host and guest yeah. like, positions. I'm liking it. All right, dude. Until next time. It's been an honor putting my plaque back on with you. Dude, thanks for putting the plaque back on. This has been great. All right, dude. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, yeah.